Everybody that I had around me, they were in and out of prison, in and out of jail. My mom and my stepdad, they cooked dope for a living. That's what they do. That's what I was raised around. And it was like a normal, you know? Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we'll be talking about the concept of whether or not our futures are already predetermined by our past upbringing. You see, the way people are raised plays a huge role in someone's life. But what if our pasts are troubled? Does that mean our futures have to be troubled as well? Today, we will have on our show Daniel Jacobson, who grew up around methamphetamines and similar drugs, and he got hooked on drugs himself. His past dictated his future until he had a change in coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, Daniel, I understand you grew up around a lot of drug abuse in your family upbringing, and you basically were a child that was raised around drugs and the drug culture. Is it true that your dad was taken to prison right in front of you when you were only two years of age? Yeah, it was actually my very first memory was watching him get ripped out of the car. He got pulled up for armed robbery and kidnapping, and he was gone primarily most of my life. He got out when I was 17. Mm, My gosh, so you grew up without your father. That right there alone can make life that much harder. Was your mother taken away as well? Did you have to go to a foster home of some sort? No, I was with my mom and kind of in between my mom and my grandmother. And my grandmother raised me off and on, but uh, primarily with my mom and, you know, whatever guy happened to be around at that time. Mm. Oh, man, that must have been tough. How did this situation make you feel growing up as a young child? Just confusion and anger and hatred, even at a young age. You know, I didn't know how to trust anybody. Everybody that I had around me, you know, they were in and out of prison, in and out of jail. My mom and my stepdad, they cooked dope for a living. That's what they do. That's what I was raised around. And that was like a normal, you know? Yeah. I think that when you're raised around things, even drugs, they can just be like as normal as the couch in someone's living room. They become set memories that we grow up with all of our lives. Do you think growing up with all the drugs around you made you have more of a desire as a child for those drugs? I don't know if the desire was there. It was just like it was normal to watch people drink and it was normal to watch people sit around the table and cut up lines or, you know, it was normal to walk into a bedroom and see a lab set up. So it was just every day, you know, it was like part of the rite of passage. Hmm. So I guess it could be seen as normal or even desirable then, like something you would eventually grow up into that rite of passage. I understand you did get into those drugs as you got older when you were hanging out with friends, like drugs became a part of your life and ritual. Oh, that was most definitely life. You know, I was hanging around my friends whose parents were my parents' friends. So, you know, it was normal for them too. So it was just something that we seen happen every day and it was just part of it. Ah, so the parents, the kids doing drugs, this was all a part of life as common as food and drink. But I understand you learned quick how these substances were addictive. Tell me how these things would make you feel inside as a young man. It was a feeling of relief made me happy. And at that time, I didn't even really know what happiness was, you know, and I just felt something other than who I was. 
at the time I was filled with anger and rage and hatred and all this stuff and confusion. And when I drank, I didn't think about anything else. And when I smoked, I was happy. Mm-hmm. So it was a way to take myself out of who I was and out of the current situation, you know? Yeah. Like a way to escape the reality that was deep inside painful because that isn't any way for a child to be brought up. But I understand you got into heavier drugs that you grew up around. Is that right? Yeah. You know, it was whatever I can get my hands on. You know, it was meth because it was available. It was everywhere. And then, you know, it was cocaine because it was social and it was fun and my friends were doing it and they had it. And then I hurt my back and got introduced to, you know, prescription opiates and Vicodin and Oxycontin and all that stuff and started shooting up, you know, the Oxycontin and it just didn't last long enough. And a friend of mine's like, here, you know, try some of these. My mom takes these and gave me some methadone. And from the first time I tried methadone, it was a full on love affair. It was anything I needed to do to get my hands on more is what I was willing to do. Ah, jeez, you're just surrounded by this stuff. So how can anyone escape from something that seems so normal? Now, deep down, you said the drugs covered up some unhappiness within yourself. What do you think was your heart's true cry inside? Well, I was an only child. I grew up an only child, but I knew people that had families and had friends. And I've always wanted that. You know, I wanted my dad to be around. I wanted, you know, the mom that I could bring friends over that I would be happy with. And, you know, I always blamed my unhappiness on my mom and on my dad because they weren't there and they chose drugs and alcohol over me. But it took me a long time to realize, you know, that they did the best they could with what they had. And uh, I love my mom and my dad and my stepdad. I love my family, you know, but I played that victim role for a long time and it never got me anywhere. Yes, but in a sense, you were quite a victim, and your whole family was to drug abuse and the effects of it. But I understand you are seeing your family in a positive light today, so you're saying that, which is great. But since your family wasn't that wholesome family that you saw your friends had, it caused some feelings inside of you. What were those feelings? Yeah, there was a lot of shame. And I mean, ultimately, I think I wanted what everybody wants. I just wanted to be loved and accepted. Mm. I understand that as you got older, you sought for that family you were always looking for, and you fell in love with a woman and got married. Yeah. You know, I was building that picture that I seen in my head, and I thought everything was going to be better because I had this and I had that. You know, I was looking for who I was and the things that I had and the people I had around that. It didn't make me happy. Mm. But I understand that even though you got married and it started that sense of family you were looking for, the normalcy of the drug use really caused some issues in your marriage. Tell us about that. Yeah, it was horrible. It ruined everything around me, pushed myself further into the pills. I was working, trying to maintain, you know, the work life and bringing home the paycheck because I thought that's what a dad and a husband and a man was supposed to do is just bring home the money to pay the bills. Right. And it left me emotionally unavailable. You know, there was no fulfillment and it left the mother of my daughter unhappy. And it just caused all kinds of devastation throughout both of our families. Gosh, that is horrible. I understand there was a moment that you nearly died from an overdose during your marriage as you were very addicted to the drugs at this point in your life. Yeah, you know, any kind of opiate, any drugs are bad. Methadone was my thing. It was really horrible for me. It led me through five different overdoses and a few of those were flat lines. And I remember I woke up in the hospital. I was there to get more meds and came up with this whole fake story of why I needed them. Mm. And I was overdosing and I didn't even know it. And when I woke up, I remember telling the doctor, I'm like, why am I here? And I'm handcuffed to the bed. The doctor's like, well, you're here because your respiratory system shut down and you flatlined, you coded out on us and we got Narcan in your body. Now it's the only reason why you're alive. And all I could think about was I needed to get out of that hospital because I had another prescription waiting at another pharmacy. Wow, Daniel, it sounds like the drugs really enslaved you. And it sounds like you're falling down a pit of despair. Let's stop there. I want to have you back on our next show to talk more about what happened next in your life. 
and how you got set free from this pattern that was set forth for you since birth. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Hold on, let's talk more about this concept of your past right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe 10, some of you 25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to awakeningthenations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? Daniel Jacobson had such a toxic upbringing by seeing and normalizing such a dangerous, potent drug that he was destined to repeat his past and be stuck in his past. What I really learned from his testimony is a concept that I think is relatable to anyone. The fact is that no matter what we're looking for on this earth, we will never be truly satisfied with anything from this earth. I mean, he described the drug addiction as if it was something that he was trying to fulfill his life, like he was trying to fulfill something he was always looking for. But no matter how many drugs he did, he couldn't find that fulfillment. Though drug abuse is very specific to drug abuse, I think we can all understand that there's a longing inside of each of us to fulfill something that can never truly be satisfied with anything. Whether it be food, money, sex, drugs, there's nothing fulfilling to the human soul here, guys. It is written in ancient writings in John 4.13-14. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You see, Jesus talks of the fact that when we drink of the water of this world or the things of this world, we will thirst again. Just pause right there. What is the proverbial water you're seeking for in this earth? Is it riches, stability, a life free from pain and suffering? The truth? You can't find true fulfillment on this earth. But Jesus speaks to us of something that He can give us that will make us never thirst again and actually become so satisfying that we will become in ourselves a wellspring of life. But how can someone today, thousands of years after Jesus walked the earth, how can we today discover this water that He talked about, this ancient secret? Well, let me ask you, have you found this water that Jesus speaks of yourself yet? I mean, if you've had it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you're pondering at all on what I'm saying, if you're like kind of scratch your head, then you have not truly had it. And it isn't just reserved for like specific people, like super holy people. Jesus is waiting for you to open the door to receive this water he speaks of. See, in Revelations 3.20, it is written, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. 
Jesus is standing at the door of your heart today. He wants to give you this water. He wants to be the bread of life for you, the bread that you will eat and you will never hunger. You will never hunger. You will cease from wanting and never being satisfied. You won't constantly long for those things anymore. Have you answered that door? If you haven't, let's take a moment. This moment, it's so important for you. This is your moment. Jesus is right here at the door. So Lord Jesus, I'm praying for the person who's hearing this and saying, you know what? I may have been going to church my whole life, but I don't think I have this water. I don't think I've got this bread. Lord Jesus, we come to you and we realize that whatever it is, you know, that secret sin or that secret thing that we keep trying to fulfill our lives with, it's empty. So we release that to you right now, Lord Jesus. We give that over to you. And instead, Lord, fill us with that water. Fill us with yourself. Come into our hearts. Come into our souls. Dine with us as we dine with you and partake of this water. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed with this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.